The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> This is the uh, the Allman's Chronicles, and I'm Sarah, <laughs> and I'm Nicole, and I wish that we were sharing video because the entire screen was just your nose, which is really that's just been the highlight of my day is your whole face right up in there. <laughs> I, mean, I think it is fairly clear on this old ass iPad. I'm not gonna lie, I'm impressed. <laughs> well, we've we've been having technology issues across the board today between. Right. Yeah, Mercury <laughs> retrogrades in full effect. Um, I I'm just happy that everything has worked out because I have been looking forward to talking to our guests today. So yeah. I would really like to welcome erotic massage coach Lee Jagger to the show. <laughs> Thank you so Girl. much. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a juicy conversation. I can tell already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do not shy away from the juice, that's for sure. So no. <laughs> so when, when I was looking at your information and your profile, I, I mean, one thing that struck me was that, like, I, I guess I, I don't know quite the difference between where erotic massage starts in, like, tantric starts ooh, or ooh. how they blend together and I so, was oh, yeah, I thought, like a more practical approach like where does a professional massage and an exotic massage <laughs> but you went full on fuck like where does it where do you stop before you fuck basically well tantric's a lot about like energies and connectiveness and I feel like this is in the same vein but they're very but they're still different so if you can just give us kind of a quick synopsis of what yeah means to you yeah to me that that's the uh, that's the key there because um so erotic massage is all about your hands on a man's body loving up some private parts right and the rest of his body too um but so tantra depending on who you talk to but for me it's all about connection i've done a lot of tantra stuff um, it's, it's not so much about sex. Tantra actually isn't about sex at all. It's about connection and like taking orgasm off the table altogether and just like basking in whatever sensations are going on without it needing to cross a finish line of an orgasm. And a lot of that can be sexual. A lot of that can is doesn't have anything to do with sex or private parts. It can just be really, you can be super turned on and not be touching any private parts. Right. So, um, and actually, I mean, I, I'm glad that you brought up Tantra because erotic massage, the way I teach it is very Tantra like, like it's, it's a lot of edging, a lot of teasing, um, a lot of, slow sensual like when people think erotic massage um and and like sarah said like the uh the professional massage massage with release um it the the picture in women's minds is usually 
whacking them off. Like, okay, so there's a massage and then there's a whole lot of up and down and awkward, frantic. Okay, let's get them across the finish line. Like a happy ending situation. Happy ending. And <laughs> we're... <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should this video. <laughs> it should have been video, man. It should have been video. But um, so whacking off is not at all what I teach feels like. It's slow and it's sensual and it's so yummy. And it, it's yummy not only for the guy, obviously, because he's the one who's being touched, but also for the woman. Like, really, can either of you two say that whacking him off ever felt like, oh, baby, I can't wait to whack him off? Like, it's not, it's, it gets old quick, does it not? I mean, I've never really been a fan of just beating my, my man's dick off though. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be some more in it for me as well. I need to derive a little joy out of the whole thing. So exactly. And that typically doesn't ever look joyous for the woman. Never. So no. And that's, I mean, it's ironic that I am an erotic massage coach now because I did not know how to touch a guy's goods at all, ever. Um, I, and I'll have to tell that story at some point here, um, how I got <laughs> to be an erotic massage coach, but, oh, um, <laughs> what's that? I said, that'll be next. Don't worry. We'll ask. That'll be next. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, whacking him off is usually the only thing women can think of when it comes to touching. Like there's not a whole lot of, there's, there's not a lot of books on that library shelf. Let's just say um, a lot of women just don't even know all the options available. Like I have 69 technique. Well, actually more now just for the happy ending, just for his private 69 different ways to touch him. Like, did you even know there were 69 things that you could do? <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling there were a couple of different options, you know, but I was rocking more like the 10 to 15. Ooh. 10 to 15. That's not bad, actually. <laughs> you're, you're up there. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I could really let my mind go. I don't, I still would not come up with 69, but I'd also um, feel limited by what my partner would actually let me try. And I feel like a lot of times men are not as open and so, I'm, you know, some of these 69 things like are things that hopefully you'd be able to do without freaking them out. <laughs> oh, they're not crazy. Like, like, I'm not talking about, you know, trapeze. Like, <laughs> I'm not talking about really crazy stuff where he's going to go, whoa, put that, put that tool down or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like looking at you with fear in his eyes. No, I, he, I guess I have, I have to ask just because I feel like it's an elephant in the room. Do you do butt stuff? I actually personally do not prefer any kind of butt stuff. Like I've been asked to do prostate massage, which is accessible directly through the anus. I tried it. It is not my most favorite thing at all. And okay. I created because of that, but I mean, the prostate is their G spot. So you want to, you want to take the G spot to the, the, the sex party. Right. So I have so many techniques where you're stimulating it from the outside, like okay. the perineum or what 
the taint is what sometimes called between the scrotum and the anus. God, I wish I had like a chart, you know, to hold up a little pointer where I could point. It's like so <laughs> Brit. <laughs> yeah, between the scrotum and the anus, that little muscular area in there, if you stimulate that in certain ways, then you are indirectly stimulating the prostate, which feels really yummy on most guys. But nothing feels crazy weird. Like he's going, whoa, 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 what the hell are you doing? I, I, I don't really like that. I've never, ever, ever, and I've, we're talking over 2,000 guys now. Um, I have never come across someone who had that reaction. There's some guys who, I, I think in 2,000 guys, I've run across two, maybe three, I know for sure two, who've said, don't touch my balls. Like, don't, it's just extremely sensitive. I don't even want you to, like, don't even look at my balls. They're so sensitive. Don't they breathe. Even, don't breathe. Don't blow. Don't, don't do anything. <laughs> um, well, I think that if a man is participating in, in learning from you, then that already puts them in a spot where hopefully they would be receptive to whatever suggestions you're making. Well, when I, I do not teach men any of this because it's like, like they can't, they can't do what I teach. I t- only teach women. Right. Um, so men can't physically get to their own goods the way a woman could. It's like trying to, you know, a hairdresser can cut the back of your hair way better than you can. Cause she's back there. She's, she can get to it at, from angles that you can't. Women can do things for a guy that a guy cannot do for himself. Um, yeah. And so the guys don't even know what is possible because they only know what they can do for themselves, which is really limited, um, <laughs> really limited. It's just, it's, it's sad that guys don't know what's possible. So that's where, you know, a woman, a woman with this skill set, she walks into the bedroom and tries two or three things on him. And he's like, oh my God, what are you doing for the next 50 years? Like, (laughs) because, because he, he's never felt that he's never felt that before. You could touch your man in ways he's never, ever felt and be better than any ex he's ever had. So I mean, guys are very receptive to this. Let me tell you. (laughs) Learning to touch a man differently is exciting. And then being better than his ex, obviously. Hello. Right? Because women don't have this. Like, there's no, there's no how to touch your man 101 in school. You know, right. like that, this just so doesn't exist. It's always about the man pleasing the woman, but it is true. You need to have both sides of the table. If you want a man to just please you, you have to actually do that for him too. And so I feel like at this right. point, it might be a good question. Do you ever find, like, do you work with couples a lot? Uh, yeah, I have worked with couples, um, and inevitably, I will end up talking to to husbands or boyfriends of female clients. Um, right? Yeah, mostly like, women though. Like my courses are for women now, mm-hmm. but like women who have a significant other. Yeah, and then um, have they like have they noticed that their husband pleases them more because of them oh, taking? Yeah. You, you treat a man like a king on this level and he will swim oceans for you. 
<laughs> I, and, and you know what? I did not make up that a man will swim oceans for a woman who would do this. That came out of a man's mouth. I stole that from a client's um, husband. Yes. He said, he said, I used to think that like the pinnacle of sex was intercourse. Like that's all roads lead to intercourse. That's what we're after. Right. As guys, he said, there are things better than, than intercourse. And I'm just saying my wife's hands can do things that her pussy can't. (laughs) So, um, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he would swim oceans for her. He would do anything for her. He would learn any technique that she wanted him to know on how to, how to please her. No. Oh, yeah. Honey's been done. <laughs> like, it's this law of reciproca- reciprocation. Men, they want to reciprocate. They there's It's a point of pride for them. You know, like, if, if she's doing him that well, oh, he can't be outdone by her. Like, he's, he's going to want to step up to the plate. Oh, yeah that it's guys, they take a lot of pride in being able to, they're, they're inherent givers anyway. So I want to say, generally speaking, there are exceptions and there are very (laughs) selfish male lovers. Yes. But, um, but in my experience, oh yeah. Um, men really want to reciprocate for sure. When they're being treated at that level of hearing. Yeah. So What's the thing that men most wish that women knew? Like, what's the thing that is, um, oh, maybe, I don't know if it's the most popular or if it's the most desirable or like, what's the. So it's really basic, super basic, super simple. Um, I've heard versions of this come out of the mouths of so, so many men. I can't even tell you. Men want you to play with it like you like it. Like, oh, sure. Right? Sure. Like, like you, when most women are doing it in order to get something done, like they're not actually doing it because they like it. They're trying, to, they're touching him in order to get him hard or in order to get him across an orgasmic finish line, whatever, you know they're not playing with it like they like it generally speaking um that takes the fun out of it if it's a task right right exactly and so so when like a man can feel when a woman is kind of like oh come on you know like like if she's getting really impatient um he can feel that and um like so that reminds me mother Teresa she had this awesome quote. It is she's, I mean, Mother Teresa. She dealt with people in poverty and and the depths of of poorness, right? And she said, the most incredible, terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted. Mm-hmm. I and and I so I would totally agree with that. And the thing is, men feel so unwanted and so lonely in the bedroom when a woman is not touching him like she likes it. Like if it feels like a chore, he can feel that through her touch. He doesn't even have to look at her rolling her eyes. He can feel that. And so men, they relate 
they identify really heavily with their genitals. So if you reject his penis, they take it even subconsciously, they take it as you rejecting them as a man. Right. Right. So for a woman to really love on a guy, she's got to be comfortable with touching his privates because that there's nothing that says, I love you. Then a woman un, unsolicited reaches for his penis, like not even in bed, but just, Hey, you know, we're sitting on the couch and I just want to, I just want to put my hand on your penis. Oh my God. A, a guy will, he's going to the moon thinking that she's doing it because she likes it. She's not being coaxed into it. She's not being talked into it and bribed. Okay, I'm going to do this for you. If you'll do this. For... No, no, no. She just wants to. <gasps> I'm telling you that's, that's the holy grail for men. That's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's That'll why put think... any guy in a good mood. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why I think like you, like, although relationships are based on matching values and lifestyles and deeper things at the end of the day i have to be physically attracted to him in order to voluntarily be turned on or start things myself or really feel like i'm into it and like it like i have to be like turned on by him and so it doesn't really matter like if this guy's super nice and checks some boxes if if it's not there, then we're just going to have this like mediocre blah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the, so the, the thing is though, there's, there's something I want to add on to that, that I've discovered that being in the mood is not something that overcomes you. I mean, it can be, yes, but it doesn't have to be like, it can be a choice. It sure. can be a choice. Like, Touching a man's body, whether it's his privates or not, it's, it's a level of affection and you don't necessarily need to be turned on in order to give affection. Um, and doing, doing an erotic massage on someone who you're like, eh, eh, I'm, I don't know, kind of meh about, you just might get turned on. <laughs> it, I don't know about you, but feeling powerful, feeling confident, feeling like, yeah, I'm Beyonce and I'm strutting into this bedroom and I'm going to knock your socks off. I'm going to own this bedroom. You're going to look at me like a goddess. That feels really damn good. Really good. And and if you are so rocking his world and he's looking at you like a goddess, it's a bit of a turn on. It's a bit of a turn on. So you can get in the mood when you know how to take charge in the bedroom when you know how to initiate, when you know how to like, oh my God, my favorite thing is pushing a guy down on a bed and go, oh baby, you just lay there. You just lay, I'm going to take care of you. I know it's going to come around to me, but initially I'd like to just push him down and have my way with him. So nothing turns me on more. So what do you say to women who are, um, the, the one that is just not, sure not comfortable not sure of themselves doesn't like taking charge because they like to be taken over what do you say to those women um well i i would want to know are they not taking charge because 
they don't know what to do or they're kind of like, well, I don't know. I don't, you know, I used to be the kind of woman who was a sexual wallflower, if you will. I did not take uh, any initiative in the bedroom. I was quite passive. I went along with whatever was going. So I think I used to be the person that you are describing right now. Okay. And, and, and I didn't think there was any problem with that. um, Except for, I don't know, a few months into a relationship, all hot and heavy in the beginning, my interest would wane and I would have to be tipsy uh, (laughs) to, to show any kind of um, initiation in the, the bedroom, take, take control in any way, uh, I'd have to be drunk. And I realized way in hindsight that it's because I didn't like the kind of sex I was having. So I didn't know how to reciprocate. I didn't know that I didn't have the skill set to, like I felt a little bit awkward in touching him like he's doing all this stuff to me and when he would pull my hand towards his penis I'd be like ah okay a little bit of this a little bit of that okay that's all I got stick it in you know like that's all they want anyway right let's so so I ended up after a while feeling kind of used because of that oh guys only want one thing well I set it up that way I I made a beeline towards intercourse because I didn't want to show how bad in bed I was because I just didn't have a whole lot of tools in that sexual toolbox. And, and so it, I realized that for me anyway, and so many clients that I have, I have the same story where they don't really take that much initiative in the bedroom. They're, they're okay with just going along with whatever's happening. It's all right. It's okay. You know, whatever. But they didn't, they don't realize until they get on the other side of that, have some tools in their sexual toolbox, know how to rock his world beyond anything he's ever felt before, that they actually want to initiate. They realize, oh my God, I was so missing out before. And it was only because I just didn't have the skills. I just didn't know what to do. And you don't know what you don't know. You know, like yeah. you don't know there's any more than 10 or 15 things you can do with the, his penis. You don't know that you can bring him to his knees. You don't know how powerful it feels to be that confident about it. You just don't know. And so, 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 so I would tell women, get, get some skills. And I have free resources. I, you know, you go to rockthebedroom.com and there's a free thing. Drive your man wild. <laughs> That's what it's called. But One. if you were this. If you were a wallflower and now you've gone all the way to 69 different uh, options, how did you make your way there uh, one <laughs> at a time or just <laughs> one, um, and one set of nuts? <laughs> it, it was one at a time. I'll okay. All right. So I'll tell you. Um, and I'm writing a book about it. It's it's a good story, <clears throat> but I'll give you the cliff notes here. Okay. So I, I was that woman who did not know how to touch a guy's penis. And um, years and years and years ago, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I was, um, I was totally broke. I was one step up from, I was homeless. And then I was living in the living room of a hoarder 
told so broke that I couldn't afford my own place. It was a nightmare. And I had a son in tow. Lee. Oh my I God. Know. It, it was horrible. And so I put an ad on Craigslist for oh Swedish God. massage, no Swedish massage, not erotic massage. Just like I had, I had a few skills with, with, with massage. I took a course once. So I thought, okay, well maybe I can make some money with this. Okay. So have to ask and I don't mean to be rude but was this like within the last 10 years because Craigslist is not a safe place never was to be honest <laughs> yeah this is within 10 years but you know I didn't know any better and I'm just like and and I'm about to prove your point so uh the lady who answered my ad was she she said you know I just bought this uh this massage office and I let a bunch of girls go who didn't actually know how to do a massage and you seem like you know what you're doing. Have you ever thought of erotic massage? And I'm like, uh, I didn't know anything about that world at all. And I said, that's what the happy ending, right? And she said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, no, that is not my dealio. I said those exact words. That's not my dealio. Thank you very much. But she threw dollar figures at me and I'm starving. And my son is literally starving. We are starving. Like I could count the amount. I could tell you to the penny how much money I had because it was all in my purse to my name. And so, you know, when, when you're a mom, you guys will figure this out in time. When you're a mom, you'll do and you'll bleed for your child. You'll do anything for your child. So I'm like, you know what? If I could just do this for a couple of weeks just to get ahead, just to make, you know, a few hundred bucks. I'll try anything. Were you nervous? And, that it kind of like oh my said, God. Yeah. It oh. was like, yeah. And she, well, yes. she said, you know what? You could do a forehand where you're on one side of the client seasoned pro is on the other side. She'll, she'll kind of take control. She'll handle the happy ending. You just dip your toes in the water. She made it sound so easy. Oh my God. So I did, I went in. Well, I mean, this is, a, I, this is an amazing story, but I also want to note that it's not uncommon for women to go into some sort of, um, I don't know, sex for money situation, which I'm not saying is exactly what you did, but um, it's sex work. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of sex work or um, alternative something because they have to put food in their mouths. I mean, at the end of the day, like this is how um, history has gone. And this is how women end up in these positions because of all the various ways that the economy is, that corporate world is, your availability to educate. Like it's just, it's so far back rooted that this is not like an uncommon story. And so, I mean, I appreciate you sharing it with us because I'm sure there's so many other people who can relate, but would not feel like, okay to share that. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. It, it took me years to come out of the closet around that. And I ended up doing that work for six years. Like ah. you could, you could not have convinced me at the time that I would be doing it. So I wanted to do it. I wouldn't have done it for six weeks in the beginning. Um, but I went in my first, my first client and I was sweating buckets. Uh, it, I was so nervous. I was, it, I, I'm just like, oh my God, I can't even believe I'm doing this. What kind of person am I? And I had massive judgments about the kind of person 
who would do this work had to get over that. And I had massive judgments about the guys who would seek out such services, you know, old creepy dudes. (laughs) And the guy who was on my, the first table, he was like 31, 32. He was in the military, gorgeous face, beautiful body, even better looking personality. Like we were laughing, having conversations. He was smart. He, he was funny. It was, it was awesome. Like I would have bought this guy a drink if I'd met him at a bar. He was hot. And I'm like, what? I get to rub these bodies. Are you kidding me? And the happy ending wasn't too difficult. Like she, you know, whatever she was doing, I'm like, Oh, that doesn't look too hard. And, and so afterwards I said, you know, that, that wasn't so bad. Could I come back tomorrow and do another forehand? And she said, actually, I'm double booked right now. Can you take this other guy? I'm like, by myself? What do you mean by myself? But I had, I knew if I left, I probably wouldn't come back. So I thought, okay, you just got to do this. Lee, just suck it up. Take one for the team. You got this. Fake it till you make it, right? He's never going to know. Right. So I went in, client number two, old fucking creepy guy. Jesus on my table. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Seriously? And no funny, no, no smart, no, no rapport, no, no nothing. Like zero body. Like the the pendulum swung to the other side with that second guy. (laughs) And to make matters worse, halfway through the session, unannounced. He jumps off the table and says, okay, you get on the table. I'm going to massage you now. And I'm no. like, what? No. Oh, right. I guess I was supposed to be the one in control in this room. No. I didn't realize that until I was not in control. And so I got him back on the table. There was no way that was happening. He was not putting his hands on me. And I got him back on the table. I finished the massage. I was very professional. Gave him his happy ending. And as I'm going along, I'm thinking, oh my God, Lee, this is big girl panty time. Like you didn't stipulate any boundaries. You don't even know what your boundaries are. You don't know how to articulate or enforce your boundaries. You, this is an awesome opportunity for you to figure out what the hell is going on with you in the bedroom. Like, what is it that you like? What is it that you don't allow? How do you even talk about that stuff? Like we don't talk in the bedroom. North Americans. I, I'm just impressed with your ability to take this potentially shitty and awkward situation. And you turned it into like you pivoted and you got real fucking bright side on all of us. And you're like, you know, how does this reflect on me as a person? And you just ran with it. And I am impressed. And it's remarkable. I, I think you all need was a. Thank you. It was, <laughs> it was a eureka moment. It, it, because I realized, wow, this is more than just like giving a massage and whacking them off and off you go. Like, wow. Um, I realized I had no control in the bedroom. I mean, this wasn't a bedroom. This was an office with a massage table, but I saw the parallels of my life 
and what was happening in this room. And I realized, wow, that's, that's what happens in your bedroom. You just go along with whatever the hell happens. The guy's always in charge. The guy's always calling the shots and you're, you're laying there taking it. So it was guy number two who made me realize, oh, you need to keep doing this. You, you're going to find out a whole lot about yourself if you do this work. So I did. And I was busy. And so <laughs> I guess I was like, the new girl on the block. I realize I have my own business and now I'm on a podcast and I am teaching other people. So, you know, we've come some way. <laughs> yeah. Like I, if you're massaging, if you're touching, so like I had between, I don't know, four and six clients a day ish. So do the math. Holy shit. That adds up to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds really freaking fast. A lot of dicks. And the thing is when I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so it's like, okay, if I want you to come back, I better do a really good job. So I'm taking notes, you know, what made him squirm? And you know, what made me come up with 69 different techniques? This is so funny. People thought, oh, well, you know, you're just getting creative or whatever. No, I was getting carpal tunnel. (laughs) 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 It's like, I'm going along doing this thing. I'm like, shit, my left hand is so, so, like I'm cramping up here. I got to switch it up. So, okay, what what can I, what other thing can I do with this damn hand while it's resting? Do something with the scrotum and something with the perineum. And I, and I just started mixing it up for my own self-preservation. That's because hilarious. That's my favorite root cause of anything ever to exist. No, you know what? You give a problem to a woman, she'll find a solution. I mean, yeah, obviously. And then create a fucking Amen. empire out of it. <laughs> you got a problem? Let me fucking just go ahead and fix it. And then I'm just going to benefit from your problem for the rest of the time. Yeah, we're fine. We're I am impressed. I just can't like, first and foremost, I just want to say, I'm impressed by the fact that you weren't terrified and you were like, I'm just going to look at myself and, and why did I react that way? That's mature shit. And then you went ahead and you were just like, I need to make sure that I can live long enough to play ball with myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to eliminate the issue, which is the couple towel. Uh, yeah. And the money was really good. So I, I'm like, I don't want to stop doing this. Like for the first time in my life, I, I could buy as many groceries as I wanted to. And And so so, you, but you said you kept it in a, in the closet for a while, right? Yeah, I didn't, uh, there were like a couple friends who knew what I did. Um, but I was just so afraid of judgment. Um, were you trying to date? I did date. Yes. And that was interesting. I, I was, I started to date a guy literally days before I started that work, (laughs) literally days. And I wasn't telling him that I was going to do it because I figured, well, I'm only going to do it for a couple of weeks anyway. And so, you know, you also don't know this guy. So yeah, I'm just dating, right? Like we'd only been dating for, I don't know, just, well, it was just a couple, we started dating just a couple days before I started this. We didn't date for too long um, for fears. He, he was going through, he was separated, going through divorce and he was totally stressed out. And I'm becoming this uh, 
a more and more and more empowered woman. And he is at the depths of his existence. Like he's just being beaten up going through this divorce. So we were not a match as I became more and more empowered in the bedroom. Um, but I noticed when we first started having sex, I was one way, <laughs> my usual oldly way. And then as I'm getting really good in the office, I'm taking that skill set back to his place and rocking his socks off and realizing, oh my God, I actually like sex now. Like I crave it. I'm initiating almost all of our sex that we're having. Who, who is, who is this body that I am in? And what did you do with the old Lee Jagger? Like, holy, I realized I could see the difference in my own sex life because I was dating a guy right in the beginning. And then I, just a few months in, I realized as I was massaging the left calf of my very favorite client, I had a, another eureka moment, which was if I had known this skill set back in my 20s or 30s, and at this time I'm in my mid 40s, um, my whole sex life would have been different, way more enjoyable. I probably would have gotten married as opposed to, you know, ditch three engagements <laughs> because our, I, our sex life totally crumbled, you know, like my whole life would have been different. My sex life certainly would have been way different. And so I thought, God, I wish I had a teacher like me back then. And I thought, I wonder how many other people think the same way. How many other women are not that empowered in the bedroom who would like to be? And then I thought, you have the skill set. You are a teacher. Why don't you teach this stuff? Save women decades of shitty sex and, and what you went through, you know? So, so that's why I decided to teach what I teach. And so when women come to you um, looking for those skills or the tools, is it because they are genuinely interested in, in expanding their own toolbox or is it because their marriage is in the shitter or because they, they've lost any kind of like libido or, you know, like, is it, are they coming to you out of necessity? Um, yes, to both of those. So there's, there's a couple different demographics of clients who like my stuff. <laughs> one, yes. The woman who, who, uh, one of my clients, she's a friend of mine. I never offered this to her, even though she knew what I was doing. I never, I never offered it to her because she had a great sex life. And I'm like, I can't fix you. You have better sex than anyone I've ever known. You've never had a bad sexual experience. You love men. You love their penis. You have no problem. I can't fix you. <clears throat> she is what, probably my number one fan. Because eventually she's like, hey, can I buy your thing? <laughs> you're, you're not, you're never offering this to me. Like, am I not allowed to have your thing? We're friends. <laughs> you know, friends share. <laughs> and so I'm like, I you're told her, I'm like, Marie, the, you, I don't know that you're going to get much out of it, but sure, here you go. And she's like, oh my God, I had no idea. 
like I do love men. And yes, I, I want to learn this, but I had no idea the Pandora's box I was opening when I, when I got your stuff. So the, the women who, who enjoy sex, but want up level. Yes. They come to me and they love this stuff because there's no issues to fix. They're just like, yeah, get me in there. I'm taking this to the next level. Like I want to sit across from a guy when I'm dating him and not go, Oh, I hope he likes me, but go, Oh, you are going to like me. That <laughs> you is know? a whole vibe. Yes. Like that <laughs> confidence where you're, you're not chasing a guy, you know, your worth you like one of my single ladies. I just wrote this down. because just a couple of days ago. I got this. Um, one of my single ladies wrote me and she said, I have never enjoyed, um, I've, I've never been so excited about dating in my whole life for the first time. And I'm reading word for word here, what she wrote. I feel a level of confidence knowing that I am a queen and I get to choose my king and he is the luckiest man on earth. Yeah. Like, right. Like if, if you're approaching dates like that, oh my gosh, that's so yummy. And in your hand at the end of that, for that date. Like you'll just, oh, they're, have, goo. they're goo. Would, you like, would you want to marry me now? Or do we want to wait? For <laughs> right. Like, I, uh, okay. <laughs> my calendar's open. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, it, it's <laughs> when on my table, I'm telling you, I got a lot of re- serious proposals on my massage table when I, when I was doing guys um, and a lot of invitations for dates. A lot, like more than I could even count, obviously, because they want someone like that in their back pocket. But to answer to answer your other question, your well, second second half of your question, Nicole, is um, so one of my clients, Heather, she had been married for 30 years, and you're not even gonna believe this. But in 30 years of marriage, she had never actually touched with her hands, her husband's penis, never touched it. So, you know, they have kids until death was part and blah, blah, blah. You know, people suffer in silence for a very, very long time. Somehow they had some kind of conversation. Well, he, most guys are like, you know what? I'm never going to get sex. I'm going to stop bothering her about this now. So she's thinking, he's okay with Yes, that's why yes. I was so busy in my office. Right, guys will cheat, but women <laughs> never think they'll have to, it'll happen to them because he doesn't. He's okay with not having sex. No, okay. he's not. I'm not. No, okay he's with- not okay. Nobody's not okay. Nobody's okay with not having sex. Nobody is. Right. So <laughs> so yeah. So it came out in a conversation. He's like, you know, in thirty years, you've never touched my penis, and it feels like you don't like me not just that you don't like my penis you don't like me like why are we even together they had they had this come to jesus moment and she realized yeah okay i i had no idea that that was affecting you all these years she had no idea she just didn't have sex drive and she thought he didn't either because he was too much of a gentleman to really nag her i don't know if he was cheating on her or not i have no idea but um, that was her wake up call. And she's like, Lee, I need your help. I think like, I don't like sex. I don't, I it's, it's, I don't really like sex, but I get that maybe I'm just having the wrong kind of sex. 
like you claim to help women enjoy sex. So here you go. And oh my God, like it totally turned things around for her. She was like singing in the kitchen and giggling. Like she was a little girl after that. She was like all like giddy and it just turned her whole personality around because now she was in control in the bedroom, which she had never felt in control, never, ever. Like he was her first. So, so yeah, yeah, sometimes not all women don't always know they got a problem and that it's fixable. I know for me, I did not know that I had a problem. I thought a, I was probably abused as a child and I suppressed it. Went for counseling for that. Nah, could we, we couldn't find anything. I even went like hypnosis therapy. We couldn't find anything. Something has to be wrong. <laughs> so that's like, why is it that I hate sex after three or four months? Why is it? I love that guy, but I don't want his penis inside me. Like I don't, I'm thinking of, I can't tell you how many clients I've heard. So I'm not the only one I know have said, you know, all day long, I'm thinking of an excuse that I can use tonight so I don't have to have sex. Like, and I used to be great at that. Oh, I'm bloated tonight, honey. I'm on the, I have my period. Uh, Was there gluten in that? Because I feel not so good now. Um, (laughs) I've got a headache, obviously. Uh, Oh, I got a really early morning tomorrow. I, you know, I'm really tired. I got to get to bed. Like I used them all. I used them all. I thought, what is wrong with me? Everyone else seems to love sex and I don't. What the hell's the problem? And so I, and then I thought, oh, maybe I'm gay. (laughs) Maybe I'm a lesbian and I don't know it. No, that's not it. I really, I really like guys. (laughs) And then I thought, maybe I'm asexual. Maybe I'm just not sexual. And I, I had landed on that one. And I figured, you know, after the the honeymoon, ooh, we just met and I'm hot and heavy for you. Then I slipped back into how I really am, which is asexual. That's that's what I landed on. And I was just fooling myself. No, I'm not asexual. I think a lot of people who claim to be asexual, and I know I'm going to ruffle feathers by saying this. Yes, there is a group that is asexual. But I think some of you in that group I think that you just are having the wrong kind of sex because I was one of those people. I would say there's a percentage of any group that, you know, assigns themselves something unknowingly, but I can relate because I used to be that person that made the excuses, you know, come up with whatever it is I could come up with. Be like, I'm not trying to fuck you tonight, then I I would just say that sometimes, (laughs) um, (laughs) but I realized that it was because I wasn't enjoying myself. And so I started to like, I ended up also going to somebody, uh, where was I? I was in Salem, Massachusetts, and I had gotten my palm read and the man who read my palm was like, stop treating sex. Like it's a fucking chore. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right, then that's a <laughs> loud and clear bud. And he, he had no reason to say any of this to me. Right. So I'm like, I'm assuming something happened in the reading. And so I did start to actively try to enjoy myself and like derive pleasure from it as well. And I did find that Mm -hmm. I was more open to having sex after that, because I was actually searching for the things I needed in order for me to be happy too. Exactly. Sarah, you just hit something there where, so 
people assume all the time when they when they hear that I teach women how to give a man an erotic massage, they're like, oh, that's really cool for the guy. Right. But what's in it for the girl? Like, really, Control. women actually learn this? Like, that's that's horrible what you do because you're teaching women how to service men. No, that is not what I do at all. That's the opposite of what I do. Obligatory sex is like, if I could wave a magic wand, ding, no more obligatory sex. And women need to feel empowered in order to not have obligatory sex. And to get a woman to feel empowered is to show them how to take charge so that they are learning what they like in the bedroom. And when you start. And can communicate it. That's the most important part. Yes. When you, I was just about to say that. Perfect. So when you start asking a guy, okay, so, you know, do you like this better? Do you like that better? Do you like this softer or firmer touch? When you start opening up conversations in the bedroom, you naturally start opening conversations about what you like in the bedroom. It's just a natural progression because you've just set that bar of, okay, we talk in the bedroom. (laughs) And so women end up finding out what it is that they like in the bedroom. And, and, and I teach this as well. Like, how do you initiate? Like, what are the words you use to initiate? How, what are the words you use to ask for what you want? Um, or give feedback. He's doing something and you're like, oh God, please stop. But you don't want to say that because you're going to hurt his feelings. So I teach women how to, how to broach the subject with tact <laughs> so that he's not, you know, his, his ego isn't too bruised so that you can get what you want and everyone's happy. So I mean, yes. This is so cool. It's so exciting. Yeah, it, it only it starts with a woman. If you are not feeling like a queen in the bedroom, there are issues in the bedroom. You've got a dialogue going on in your head and there's a lot of dissatisfaction and you're not talking about it. And eventually you and that dude are going to be split spill. And then the worst part, you're going to take that bad habit and you're going to repeat it with the next guy. So it's all about, okay, let's stop whatever bad sex that you're having, whatever, whatever constitutes not enjoyable in the bedroom yeah let's just stop that right now and find out what does feel good and in 100% of the cases that I've been witness to feeling confident in the bedroom never feels bad (laughs) feeling creative in the bedroom never feels bad feeling playful never feels bad Yeah, and, and both people benefit like, from that. And then the reciprocation never feels bad. <laughs> I mean, come on, never feels bad. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> you got to make sure that's a two-way street, right? <laughs> two-way street. Yeah, I think that um, one of the first boyfriends that I had actually figured out pretty quickly that if he just gave me like a regular massage, like a back rub or whatever, it would almost always lead to sex. But I was so relaxed and in a different state of mind prior to him just kind of like diving in that um, it, it was a two-way street that we had created in my, I mean, in my early twenties before I had a lot of knowledge you know but even just mm-hmm. setting the tone just to get your headspace out of like whatever happened with work today and 
you know, I have to be up at this time tomorrow. And <laughs> right. <Helpful>. Right. <laughs> Shifting your mindset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just connecting physically, just in a, even in a non-sexual way, just connecting physically is a whole reset button. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's you important. know, it, yeah. it really is. And, and there's a lot of really delicious, um, ways to touch a person, each other really that don't need to be sexual, but are really connecting, you know, like not all erotic massages need to end in sex. They don't even need to end in a, a in an orgasm. Although it's really hard not to have an orgasm (laughs) (laughs) with the stuff I teach, but, but like one, yeah, one, one of the things that, that I really dive deep into, um, in my programs is the idea of taking the finish line out of the equation. Like we talked about earlier about Tantra, like just let your guy off the hook when you are doing an erotic massage then he has a lot of performance anxiety. When you're in bed, just having sex, there's a lot of performance anxiety. I don't know about you, but I've felt a lot of performance anxiety to have an or- orgasm. He's doing, he, it seems like he's doing everything right, but I'm like, that's ah, not going to happen. <laughs> but it's hard to actually say that. And he feels like, oh, he's doing something wrong if he doesn't actually get you there. So you end up faking it and, and that's no good. So I... I really encourage couples to, or at least for women, and this ends up happening both ways, to let their guy off the hook, you know, like just, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to do this for 10 minutes, honey. We're going to do that. I'm going to practice some of these techniques. I've just learned, oh my God, it's going to feel amazing. And yes, it does feel amazing. But then he knows he's off the hook. He doesn't have to perform. He doesn't have to make something happen. Like he doesn't have to get hard. Even there are so many things that you can do with a flaccid penis. Oh, baby. And, and as you start, you know, as a male advances in years, but it can also be because of medication or surgery or whatever, uh, they can't always get it up. And yet they still want attention down there. Mm-hmm. And women don't know what to do with flas penis. It's kind of like, uh, what, what do we, you know, not, no, no amount of up and down is going to make you hard, you know? And, but there's, it feels so good to a man to be touched there, whether he's flaccid or whether he's erect. And there's so many things that you can do with a flas penis. And also he can have an, um, an orgasm without getting hard. I have experienced that. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, was- an erection is not a prerequisite. No, yeah, no, that was a thing. It happened quick, fast, and hurry. <laughs> <Woo. laughs> yeah, it's um, and unfortunately, a lot of women don't know that. Some guys don't even know that. Um, I had a, I had, I used, I, I don't do in-person workshops so much anymore. That it's mostly online. But when I was doing in-person workshops, and I would be demonstrating on a dildo. Um, now all my demos are on a live guy, but I, I used to demo and <laughs> demo on a dildo in person. Um, and I had a, a couple gay friends, gay guy friends attend because, Hey, they like touching a penis too. Right. 
So just yeah. women. And and the the one guy he said to me, "Wow, I didn't even know that you could have an uh, that a man could have an orgasm without being hard." He didn't even know that, and he's a guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I loved. Then I laugh. She's like. <laughs> I just love the like the uh, feminine divinity that she's got about her. So you're just so amazing. I can't stand it. <laughs> you're so sweet. Thank you. you wield all of this power in behind, and you just like so just so common about it all. Well, you're it's just- it, it it is. It, you know, there's there's saying, oh, I'm I'm confident. Like it's being confident is such a cliche until you are <laughs> and right. then it's just yeah that's just how you are honey <laughs> you know like there's just a it, it, it's when you have that confidence you don't need to prove it to anyone you just are so maybe that's what you're picking up on I don't know but yeah. <laughs> but the thing is when a woman is that confident, it ripples out into the rest of their life. Like it's not just in the bedroom, but you know, like in, in the grocery store, a, a, any guy I come across, or if you're asking for a raise from your boss, like you, you have so much more nerve. You have so much more, um, audacity, audacity. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a good word. Um, you're just sure footed. You're like, you are a force to be reckoned with. And no guy is going to cut ahead of you in line or take advantage of of you in any way, you know, like you just don't put up with shit. And so that just becomes who you are in or out of the bedroom. And that's a beautiful thing to watch a woman transform um, into a present. Yeah. Yeah. Just like all of her transforms. Yeah. Not just when she's walking into a bedroom, like she's just, she exudes something different. Right. When she owns the bedroom. Yeah. You can't, you can't not take that with you out into the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that is like a perfect spot for us to introduce our Atta Girls. That is. Because the Atta Girl section of the show is about things that you're proud of or empowering moments or good things that happen. And, um, you know, when, when you exude the confidence naturally, um, it also puts out that energy that it's going to be coming back to you. So, um, you know, I appreciate all of the, the words, uh, and guidance and encouragement because, I think a lot of women don't even really like broach these subjects without um, feeling shameful or judged. And so like we try to use this platform as well to make it a welcomed concept. It's open dialogue. So thank you so much for like just being so real and sharing everything. Yeah. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah. And Can I ask really quickly before we get into Atta Girls, did you say use a live male model for your workshops (laughs) hell yeah oh yeah well I mean I could show you on a cucumber but it's not really you know then you're like "Ah, okay what part of the head is she on or I could show you on a dildo but then you can't really show the perineum or the scrotum stuff like so yeah no I (laughs) I 
I have a five-day challenge coming up. It's like one hour a day. And on day four, there mm. the whole hour is a guy on a table and me showing erotic massage techniques. He is face up and you see everything. <laughs> and you are following along at home with your, your camera turned off because it's on Zoom. So the camera's off. Everybody can only see me and nobody's watching everybody else's guys penises or anything like that and they are following along me demoing on a live guy it's so good it's so good it's so much fun well <laughs> you must sign up <laughs> I mean it's amazing because women can try to learn from porn but it's so tailored to men's needs and it's not actual it's not real. No, it's, it's stay away from porn. Like, yeah. okay, sure. Porn's fine for entertainment. I'm yeah. not dissing porn. I'm just saying, do not take notes. Do not take notes. No, that is, you can't. No. <laughs> you no, can't. Like, it's so unrealistic and it's right. not, it's not, it's shallow. It's yeah, you can do what you see in porn, but it's, it's such a, it's the tip of the iceberg. And it's like one tiny little morsel of the whole buffet that sensuality in the bedroom could be. It's like so, a flat pan, in my opinion. It's just like that quick yeah. fit. You're just going to go and get your rocks off and be done. There's no Yeah, way. it's it's wham, bam, thank you, Sam <laughs> moment. Um, yeah. yeah, I would not use porn as education at all. No, what I do feels very opposite to porn. Um, I mean, you would think that it'd be so easy for it to feel really raunchy because it's erotic massage, but I, I really intentionally make it very educational, very classy and tasteful, um, very normal. Like it feels almost clinical because it's so normal. Like it's not awkward. It doesn't yeah. feel awkward and it's, it's hard. It, it took me a while to figure out, okay, how do I make this not feel awkward? Mm -hmm. um, Cause I got a penis in my hand and I'm talking about it and you know, <laughs> and so um, I've discovered over the years how to do that. And, and it now is fun. <laughs> it's just not awkward anymore. <laughs> I, but I mean, to be like, I really don't know that there's, there's any other options for women to experience something like that. Like oh, really, I've looked. Yeah, you've really I've looked. created a, a market here because I don't I don't know how far down in a Reddit thread you'd have to get before you'd be able to find There are no threads <laughs> Reddit. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so so back to the adder girls. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> well, so in the spirit of today's episode, um, I, I'll share an Atta Girl, something that I probably wouldn't normally share, but I have a friend with benefits. I, he's my afternoon delight for last, I don't know, several years. years, seven years, it's, it's on and off. So like if I'm in a relationship, it's off or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But because we've, we communicate, um, 
usually while things are not happening. Like we communicate um, what we like, don't like or whatever when it's not in the moment because that's just easier for me. That's but, perfect. Um, yes. But uh, last time that we were together, um, you know, he, he basically requested a blowjob and in, I don't know, five to 10 seconds was like, oh, excuse, excuse. Like you have, you can't use both hands, you know, like he was, he didn't want to have an orgasm too quickly, but I've learned his body so well and what he likes so much that it's just like, it can happen naturally and easy and it's still enjoyable for me. I love being able to make him feel good. So that's my add a girl is that, um, you know, I've learned my partner, even though he's not like my husband, he's my, emotional. he's not your emotional partner. No, no. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. I love that because you know, it's, and, and I would beg to differ, Sarah, that is an emotional partner in that you, I mean, whether, whether Nicole, it is emotional for you or not, your guy is feeling some emotions when you yeah. are going down on him. That's to a guy that is love. Like you are loving on him. Yeah. He feels well, that. well, yeah, he's giving me the same feedback that you've basically started out the episode with, which is that I actually, it actually seems like I enjoy it. And well, because I do, I'm not pretending. And so he said, that's like the biggest difference is that, um, I, I'm not treating it like a task. It's not a chore. I'm enjoying it. So mm. it makes him, uh, climax much faster. Oh yeah. Cause he's so turned on. When they first started hanging out, I was like, so when you guys get married? And she's like, you need to shut the fuck up. But it's like seven years later, and it's still the best relationship I've ever seen her baby in. So I don't know. And it just keeps getting better. Well, there's there's no, uh, there's not a lot of baggage, you know? There's there's no yeah. expectations. Like if, if only we could tackle our relationships like that, like really let, let our partner off the hook and have less expectations and be surprised all the time when something happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably, I just thought it was, I thought it was important for me to share that single people can still benefit. You don't have to be in a relationship or be married to benefit from. Yeah from erotic massage or other techniques or whatever, like um, you don't have to have a partner. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, a lot of my clients are single ladies who, you know, they want to know that they're dating someone. And the first time they hit the bedroom with that guy, they're going to be able to pull something out of the bag, you know, mm -hmm. like they, they're, they want to, they want to be prepared before they meet the guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you, you, you don't want to, you know, be flying down the highway at 90 miles an hour and starting to learn how to drive a car. You want to know how to drive that baby before you get in the driver's seat. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, just... so, so, uh, yeah, I, a lot of my clients are single and dating and they just, they just want to be good and, and, and feel like they're really, I don't know, like dating is tough. It's the worst. It's, it's the worst. It, you know, you're always self-doubting. You're always questioning. You're always like, uh, you know, 
how did he respond to that? I'm not sure. Did he like that? Or, you know, does he think I'm a good kisser? Does he like how I do that? Like, there's all this internal dialogue going on. So yeah, the more, the more tools in your belt, the, the better. (laughs) So you're not doubting. You're like, oh yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna be (laughs) trying to speed dial me afterwards. (laughs) Funny. All right. So my Atta girl is not as sexual, but (laughs) I'm proud of myself either way. I had a, a UTI going for too long and my doctor's office was just not hearing me. I was like, I don't feel well. I know what this is. These are the symptoms. And they said, well, your test results came back and it's not, they don't match up. And I said, I don't know what to tell you this. These are my symptoms. And, and I'm in pain at this point. I had gone to the doctor's office. I took the urine tests. They came back with like, you know, negative, but there were some other weird things that they weren't necessarily talking about um, or even saying anything about or acknowledging even. <laughs> and so after I got the runaround for like a week from my doctor's office, they didn't, they didn't want to give me my medication that I needed in order to take care of it. They didn't want to actually resolve the fact that I was in pain. They just wanted to continue to like send me to somebody who was going to be a specialist. And so I finally, um, I stopped the madness in the middle of it. I said, you know what? We're good. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to a new doctor's office. I'm going to find somebody who was going to help me right now. And I did, I got, you know, I had a virtual visit and I ended up having like within 30 minutes, instead of seven days, I took 30 minutes for a person to hear my issues, make sure that they communicated to understand exactly what I was talking about and everything was kosher. And then they cut me a script and I was on my way. I don't have a UTI anymore. It was just like, I, (laughs) wow. Had I not taken a step back and been like, this isn't okay. I think I probably still would have a UTI at this point and my kidneys would be infected. I'd be in the hospital, but like I had to take my, I had to take my health into my own hands again, which is like, you got to remember that doctors don't, don't do not always know the right answer. And you've got to keep asking other people outside of them what it is, or you can you get help. What is, do you think second opinions are incredibly important? So yeah. Proud yeah. Of and you know, your body. Yeah. And right? like, like we hand off our, our health, our, well, we hand off a lot of stuff to the professionals. Yeah. And normally I would have been like, yeah, you're probably right. I should probably see, you know, somebody who's a specialist, even though I never get UTIs. This is the first one I've had in like 10 fucking years. There's no reason for to question this. It's a UTI. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no reason for them to deny me the things I feel. So I'm proud of myself because normally I would have just been like, okay, yeah. And I would have gone to the UTI doctor and then probably spent too much money there hearing them tell me that I have a UTI. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you for standing up. That's awesome. Proud of myself. All right. Nice. What is your your entire fucking life? I, um, okay. So. I'm going to pick one that is not sexual because you guys have been listening to me talk about sex and penises for a while. So I'm going to pick one. So a week ago, I I do hip hop dance and um, we had a performance like we practice all year long and we were on a stage. Our group was on a stage in front of a ton of people and we did hip hop on stage and 
if you've ever performed, you know how nerve wracking it is to get out on a stage. Right. Mm -hmm. And every year I've been doing this for like, I don't know, seven or eight years. And every year I think, ah, do I really need to do the performance? I could just take the classes and just do my hip hop, but not, not actually do the performance. I can opt out of that. And, and I, and every year is so stressful. And it's like, oh, geez. I, ah. And I got out on that stage because now it's too late. Like they, I have to be in there or there's going to be a hole in the formation of everybody on the stage. So I have to do this. I can't let my, my girls down. And I felt the fear and I did it anyway. And it, it was hard to step onto the stage. But once I actually did it, and in the middle of it and at the end of it, I was so high and I was so like, I, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to do this again next year. You know, and, <laughs> if you could bottle that feeling so that you could just, you know, tap right? into it another time or when you need the reminder next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, just like feel the fear, like just do something that's a little uncomfortable that, you know, on the other end, it's going to feel good. Like it's, it's not as bad as you think it's going to be is what I took from that. Like Lee, it's never as bad as you think, or as you're imagining it, you do it on the other end. You feel like I felt so empowered at the end. God, this is awesome. I'm a hip hop. I was like, this is like, the same theme of everything that you do with your everyday life. It's the same theme. Like you're teaching women to, you know, experiment, try. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like there's always going to be something we don't know, but if, if there's something that's pulling us towards it, it's just because it feels awkward or scary or whatever. It's only because it's new. It's not because it's going to kill us. <laughs> it never kills us. It's just new. That's all. One of my favorite, one of my favorite people on the planet, she told me, um, she was like, instead of your anxiety making you scared, like it usually does, try to pretend like it's excitement, like turn that anxiety into excitement because technically your body, it's the same chemical makeup. It's just your brain. That's deciphering the terror from the fun. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly what I told myself. And maybe I heard it from them, but I, I decided, okay. So they said, how are you doing? Are you nervous? I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm really nervous. And then I thought, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. It, it feels the same way, but excited is, is exciting. <laughs> Nervous is like fearful, right? But it feels the same, but excitement, I'm going to go do that thing. So maybe I got that from whoever you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on the performance. Thank you. It, and it was awesome. It went off with a hitch and I didn't miss any steps and everyone cheered. So I guess we did a good job. But it was more fun than anything. I, I didn't care about the audience. I just cared about enjoying myself. And I did. So it was awesome. That's so awesome. At a girl. At a girl. At a girl. <laughs> All right, this lady. Awesome. We are powerful women, I tell you. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. En enabling others to be as yeah. powerful. So everyone exactly. should go to rockthebedroom.com to find out more information. And then... Um, you said you're hosting, um, like, a Oh, the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on rockthebedroom.com, if you scroll down a bit, you'll see, um, a button to find out more about the challenge, or you can just go to rockthebedroom.com slash sign up. 
and it'll take you to the page talking all about it and what it's all about. And um, yeah, fun stuff, man. Never be the same. Never be the same again. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go look and see if I can't uh, participate in that in that workshop. Yeah. You guys, you can be my guests. You two get to be my guests. Absolutely, oh, I would oh, love wow. for you to attend. Yes, we would be delighted. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. And Nicole, where can find- people find you? What, Sarah? Would you be able to find a live model? <laughs> um. Where can people find you on social media? <laughs> um, so on Facebook, I am Lee Jagger Rocks, R-O-C-K-S. Um, and you can find me on YouTube as well. And if you go to Facebook, then I, I post my YouTube videos on there as well. So um, I am on Instagram, but I'm not that active right now. I got to get better at that. But just too many balls in the air. <laughs> not intended. <laughs> well, you know, when it comes to social media, pick a channel that you like and stick with it is my uh, rule. Of yeah. Thought. So if yeah. it's for you, it's fine. Okay. Uh, so everyone, if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, once again, go follow Lee Jagger and check out rockthebedroom.com. You can find us on Instagram at homans underscore chronicles. And we also have a Facebook group. There's a closed group because we share naughty bits um, and extra yeah. things like we talked about today. So that is the Homans Chronicles, a judgment-free zone. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, this has been so fun. You guys are so great. (laughs) Perfect fit. Homance out.